Hey, Pepin. Yo, yo. You know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, super superpowers. Like what kind of superpowers? Like all the good ones, um, mostly invisibility. I think that if I was a superhero, I would want to be invisible man. Well, you see, I think the problem with that is many people who had that superpower would misuse it and become evil. Well, yeah, but I, I wouldn't misuse it, but I, I can definitely see how some people would. I wonder if that's something that's actually done ever. Hmm. I think this might be something that we have to talk about. Did you just get the name of our show wrong? <laughs> So glad you guys could join us. I am here in Nathan's dimly lit room. How you doing, Nate? Doing pretty good. Liking the lighting? The candle is back, and you also have a light. I'm excited. Well, there's other lights, but they're not being used. Fair enough, fair enough. And we do have with us a fellow podcaster, an amazing show that he hosts called Shot of History. I've talked about it before, and I need you guys to check the show out because if you like our show, you are going to love this show. It's even more outrageous than ours. Part of that might be due to alcohol being involved. <laughs> I want to introduce to you all uh, the, the the host and historian himself, Trico. How's it going, Trico? Doing good. How you guys doing? Not too bad. Thank you very much. Doing well. So, um... I'd love for you to give a, a brief background to to who you are, what you do, um, and use this opportunity to, to throw out any projects you might be working on at the moment that, that people should definitely check out. And, uh, of course, anything you mention during this podcast will be in the description if, uh, if when people want to want to find you. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, do, like, an origin story, kind of. Oh, that would be amazing. In the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning. Um, it all started when I was bit by a uh, radioactive town drunk, and uh, <laughs> then I, I gained drunk superpowers. <laughs> and, uh, and you vowed to only use them for good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With uh, great drinking comes great responsibility. <laughs> and, uh, um, <laughs> you know the, the alcohol, like, uh, drive responsibly or whatever, that should be... Uh, their new slogan, and it should be given to them by Trico. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I could swing from a building and swing down and be like, hey, guys, like, <laughs> with great drinking comes great responsibility. Like, snap a big history book close. Yeah. <laughs> but be like, it's Trico, man. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, I love it. It'll be awesome. It'll be like a, like a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> So is Trico Man your actual superhero identity? <laughs> yeah. It's a super secret superhero identity, and no one knows it's me. You know it's not that Trico guy, because Trico doesn't wear a big top hat, but Trico Man does. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Trico Luckins wears glasses, but Trico Man just wears a Speedo and a top hat. <laughs> there's no way they're the same person. <laughs> and he doesn't wear the top hat on his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, then where does he wear it? We'll leave that for the comic surprise. Yo! I'm intrigued. Oh! Pick up your copy at your nearest news. Yeah. Um, so, 
Um, so, so you were bitten by this by this radioactive town drunk. Did you? Uh, what what drove you towards history? You are a historian, correct? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I was always really into history and just kind of the I don't know, kind of like the study of time, like uh, how events happen and like on a timeline, one event will happen and then uh, because of it, another one happens down the timeline. And I was always just kind of like really obsessed with that kind of stuff and uh, about history and um, you know different different things that happen and then like when when you study history a lot of times uh things that we're dealing with now have kind of more or less happened throughout history so i'm like wow this is like relates to stuff that's going on now this is crazy because history is not supposed to relate to anything important it's history but (laughs) if you study it 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 does so it's uh it's really cool now do you think that's kind of relates to your interest in comics as well because with comics it kind of has the same kind of thing where there's all these multi, these multi-arching kind of storylines and things affect each other, and then there's different universes and parallel universes. And that's quite the same with history, but kind of similar kind of things. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, a lot like comics, you know, in history, you got kind of your villains and you got your heroes and everything, and. Um, but in, in comics, it's, like, really super obvious who the villains and who the heroes are most of the time. But in history, it's kind of like, well, Caesar is really cool. He was, like, this great general, but he killed a lot of people. And you find that a lot in history where, like, wow, this person's really good. Oh, wait, no, they, like, really did shitty things. Or can I say swear words? Fuck you. No, you can't. Okay. <laughs> I'm used to, used to the shot of history show where we kind of, you know, we, we say unspeakable things. Like, oh. um, we, yeah, we make up swear words that haven't even been invented yet. Our listeners are used to us talking. If Okay. If our listeners don't hear us talk about incest and or rape, usually together, Sweet. <laughs> it's not a real episode. Oh, that's awesome. That's a good segue, too. So anyways. Uh, <laughs> so, You know, what what you were just saying there, uh, you as the example of Caesar, it reminds me of your your Nat Turner episode. And um, was it Chris you had on? Yeah, uh, Calvin Moore from... He also has a... Yeah, he's got a podcast, uh, Leading Questions with Calvin Moore, and he does uh, historical tours in the Detroit area. So if you're ever in the Detroit area, be like, hey... Calvin, come here. Show me where buildings are in their history, and he'll do it. Really? <laughs> he, he's actually uh, yeah. He, he's actually was great on your show. He added a, a, a dynamic to your show as well. So I I really liked that Nat Turner episode. Anybody who's listening to this podcast likes this podcast, mm-hmm. um, especially what we talk about today. I would definitely check out that episode. It's a great representation of uh, of shot of history. But enough with the plugging. Um, I thought yeah, in, in, in the that Turner episode, you guys talked about how he was he freed the black slaves, and and Calvin mentioned that to him as a as a black man, it made him. Uh, he he looks back at these uh, at Nat Turner, and he's like, I want to see him as a hero, but at the same time, he also they stopped after they uh, they revolted um, the slaves. They revolted from their their master per se and they killed him and then they went on to 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 help free other slaves but they stopped um a few miles down the road and realized that they weren't done and they went back and they killed the 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 wife and the children and that was conflicting for him um because 
that's an unspeakable, really, what we would see as, as an eviler act, a villainous act, but it was being done by somebody that otherwise would be regarded as a hero, and I think that adds such a depth and a duality that really makes characters so real, whether they be real-life characters or comic book characters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a... Uh... Um, yeah, one thing with uh, history and, like, a lot of comics are starting to lean towards us now is, uh, you know, traditionally you always kind of knew who the hero was and who the bad guy was. And um, comics, I'd say, you know, over the last uh, couple decades, they started kind of coming out more with a lot of anti-heroes where, you know, they're kind of a bad guy. Like, they do some things that a bad guy, like, quote-unquote bad guy would do, but uh, they're a hero because mostly what they do is good, you know? Um, um, probably like a classic example would be the Punisher. You know, he he kills like a lot of people, but they're all criminals, so he's still a good guy. But you know, if you compare him to like Superman or Captain America or something, it's like, well, wait, they capture like criminals. You shouldn't go out killing a bunch of criminals. Um, and uh, yeah, history kind of has a lot of that in there too. Where like like you were saying with the Nat Turner thing is. Uh, you know, they they killed a lot of slave owners. You know, they were slaves and they had a revolt and they killed slave owners. So I don't think anyone would really hold it against them for doing that because of the extreme measures of the time. But when they got like a few miles away from the uh, plantation, you know, they're free, they have their freedom. And they're like, wait, we didn't kill the, the slave owners' babies. And, you know, then they kind of turn around and, and go back to kill the baby. It's like, well not only like it's almost it's a tricky situation because had they have if they would have wiped out the entire family while they were there kind of in the heat of the moment thing during the revolt it might have been more understandable because of the years of abuse that their people suffered but because they left the plantation realized they didn't kill the baby and went out of their way to go back to kill it then it's like oh wait you know these guys aren't like it's a really tricky situation because, like, an action like that, it's kind of like, well, they're not traditionally what we consider a hero or a good guy, but, you know, they, if you kind of look at it from their perspective, well, the slave owner's babies would have been like, well, you know, the slaves revolted and killed my parents, and then they would have been even probably worse to any of the slaves. So it was, uh, you know, it's a, like a really tricky thing to think, you know, like, is he a hero or... Uh, you know, a, a villain. Um, and you find that a lot in history. There's kind of that gray area where you, you almost kind of kind of outweigh it and um, really kind of study it from the, the time period itself, um, of, you know, as far as what was going on and the, the kind of conditions that the person grew up in and the world they kind of inhabited to, to find out, you know, if their motivations were justified. And I think that's something of about a really well-written villain mm -hmm. is that a well-written villain will have pause will have great motives and they want they think that they're doing the right thing they're doing good they're being just but they're doing evil things all the same and i think that, that kind of uh, where is the line between a hero so this just for me gets very confusing because i, I think when i see certain people who are act acting in certain ways, be they good or bad. Let's say we have someone who is a hero, and they start acting in bad ways. Mm -hmm. I find myself kind of wanting to justify their actions in some sort of way. So, oh, they're doing that because of this, this reason, or that reason. And they're kind of actually right in this way. And even if their kind of justifications are good, what makes sense from this person's point of view, 
it's hard for me to say that it's ethical or it's moral. I mean, for instance, uh, a lot of people. I know it's a his thing in history. With I know it's a thing with historians to look back at, say, Alexander the Great mm -hmm. and say that he was a, a a very altruistic person. He went through, conquered all these villages, didn't burn them down, and so on and so forth. But he was this. You know, there's an argument out there, which is he wasn't being altruistic. He was just trying to conquer the whole world. And to do that, you can't like really spend that much time raising villages and kind of doing all that kind of stuff. So a lot of his effects, you know, his good positive effects weren't really intended. They just kind of happened to be the case. And if anything, it was probably a warmonger who kind of just went through and started killing a bunch of people. So it's one of those kind of weird things where you have to think just the effects of the person's actions and also you know, whether what they did was actually good or bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the, like the Alexander the Great, um, example, uh, you know, from the point of view of like Western civilization, like Greek and Rome and everything, they're like, wow, they, he was hailed as a hero because he expanded the Greek civilization all the way over to, uh, India and Afghanistan. And, you know, most of the, what was known of the world he conquered. But then if you look at it kind of from, uh, some of the places he conquered, you know, India and everything, he, he you know, isn't really viewed as much as a hero, you know, and it, it kind of happens a lot in history. It kind of depends on um, who's writing the history books, I suppose, <laughs> you know, uh, like the people that conquer you know, a, a certain civilization, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we did really good. We brought them our culture, and, you know, that's good because our culture works out really good, you know? Um, and, you know, because obviously it works out good for them because they're in that culture. But then the, you know, the culture that kind of gets um, supplanted or taken over, uh, if you, you know, could read the history from their point of view, it isn't really, like, didn't work out too good for them and the, the, the people that kind of came in and took over and conquered them are kind of seen as like these villains that you know um kind of like killed babies and women and everything so it, it kind of depends on uh the point of view of, of uh which culture is writing about it and uh where you know um what side of uh, the situation someone's on. I think even more than just what side of the situation is, is the progression of time in general. Mm -hmm. um, because like you're saying, the, the hero, the, the winners are writing history. And I think a lot of that comes from, you know, aside from the, the losers being dead, the, the fact that the winners have more time to, to push the propaganda. Um, and that's just what survives. Both stories, I'm sure, are alive for a long time, but the winning story is what survives the test of time. And thinking to, uh, let's think, 2001 America, mm -hmm. um, you get the Twin Tower attacks, and we're gung-ho, let's, let's go over there and let's attack whoever the hell we think is attacking us. And then there's lies about, uh, about there being nuclear weapons over there and all of that. And that's seen from our perspective as Americans as this great positive thing for us to be going over there, uniting as a country, going to war, standing up for our freedom, which is which we believe is being attacked. And then over time, now we're at where we're at now, and just about every expert is saying, we shouldn't have gone over there. It was a huge mistake. There were lies being told that got us there in the first place. And now it's being seen as more of a more of a stain on our history than it is this great triumph of, of our country uniting and coming together so even within our own country even from the same side 
that we were originally on, we've seen it in a completely different light just because 10 years have passed, 15 years have passed. Yeah, exactly. And it, it happens a, a lot. Um, like uh, a couple hundred years ago, there was Manifest Destiny. Like, we need to, you know, go all the way from the East Coast over to the West Coast, and it's going to be sweet. We're going to have, like, this huge country, and uh, we're going to have tons of natural resources, and we're going to become a superpower, and life is going to be awesome. But <laughs> we kind of forced a lot of Native Americans, like, thousands or you know hundreds of miles away from where they historically their tribe historically lived and kind of supplanted them to wherever we wanted because we had to fulfill manifest destiny so it kind of um kind of always happens where you know we're really gung-ho and or yeah almost any country you know they kind of have uh like this national identity and they get really gung-ho about something and then you know kind of later on down the road it's like wow that that uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> kind of later on, they're like, "Well, this is this is my bad. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea at the time, you, you know." Just slaughtered millions of people. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that it would be nice if we could say, "Well, we learned our lesson, and we are not going to do that again." And then, yeah, it happens a hundred years later. So. <laughs> <laughs> we do something else dumb and it's like oh yeah <laughs> it didn't work out either so <laughs> and what's interesting is similar to the Nat Turner kind of story like so let's say 9-11 mm-hmm. going to Iraq and Afghanistan we can certainly say that the rationale at that point was justifiable right so with the knowledge they had or supposedly had you could come up with a narrative saying they were justified in going to war that what they were being gung-ho about was justified I'm not making this claim myself, but... Mm-hmm. So in a similar way, with the Nat Turner case, we could say that they had a justified kind of rationale, but does that make it good? Does it make it moral? And that question is very, very difficult to answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, looking back on it, it's like a lot of bad things happened to African Americans back then that, you know, were slaves, and even, you know, the persecution against ones that weren't slaves. Um... You know, so, like, if you look back on it from, you know, our modern point of view, it's, uh, their actions were very justifiable, but, you know, living at the time, you know, it might have, a lot of people might have seen it as, like, well, they shouldn't have done that, but they didn't have any other choice, (laughs) you know, like, it's, um, it's always kind of hard to, to tell, it's kind of hard to say from different time points, because, uh, back then, you know, life, uh, if you were a southerner and it was like one of your relatives or something that owned that plantation, you know, you'd be outraged and like, uh, kind of like the, the U.S. with the 9-11 thing where, you know, this is an outrage, you know, they're terrorists, they killed my, uh, my cousin or uncle and destroyed their plantation, we have to go after them. Um, but then, you know, looking at it from a modern standpoint, we look back on it like, well, they were, you know, justified with over uh, overthrowing the plantation and killing the plantation owners because of, you know, what what happened to them. So it's um, it's always kind of a tricky situation. Would you say that the further it goes back, let's let's say like two hundred years from now, mm-hmm. like. I think Nat Turner will be a clear case of, yeah, he was a hero, like, n- no question about it. Yeah. Similar in the way where, you know, Alexander the Great was probably seen as, you know, a bad guy by, you know, people outside the group, but the more time goes on, he sees, 
gets seen more as a good and good guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, you think that the further time goes on that we kind of see people who maybe are kind of questionable in their ethics. Maybe they did some good, some bad. But you think we got start seeing this more and more as good people and we'll focus less on the bad? Yeah, it seems like over time, uh, um, kind of people tend to look at the good um, achievements and everything of people. Uh, like historical figures, they, they tend to focus more on the good achievements, um, which is good. Hopefully a couple hundred years from now, like no one will be like, hey, the trico is an asshole. They'll be like, hey, he did good stuff yeah <laughs> like, that's I, i'm banking on it <laughs> like you'll be a saint yeah. saint trico the uh, yeah and then you have saint trico yeah. man <laughs> yeah saint trico man he taught everyone to be responsible <laughs> yeah but uh <laughs> um Something else I love about uh, about comic books in particular in relation to history is the ability to, to pull parallels and to use uh, allegories and metaphors. Um, I'm thinking particularly for an example of the X-Men and the fact that their persecution is has been felt throughout history since the beginning of time and you can apply it to just about any time in history and it's still applicable, the lessons that are being taught – and how the medium of comic books makes it more accessible to children to be able to accept and understand those um, those ideas while still living in a fantastical universe. They're able to, to think outside the box and, and be in their, their childlike wonder while still learning lessons that are not only applicable to the real world, but absolutely necessary in order to, to not repeat history the way that we've seen it be repeated countless times. So... The fact that um, that we still have these these things showing up, like discrimination and uh, and segregation, and wanting to um, to to keep a record of all of the mutants, and um, some people want to kill them, things like that. It, it's just so fascinating to me that you have um, you have uh, Professor Xavier and you have Magneto, and they both are good guys in a way that they don't want seg- that they don't want discrimination, but the way that they go about handling that is so different, and I could draw some very controversial and topical parallels here, but I'll avoid that at the moment, and instead say that it's just so fascinating to me that something that was written in the past is still so applicable today. Yeah, yeah, definitely, um, especially with the X-Men, because they deal with, uh, uh, like you were saying, like a lot of timeless issues, because there's always, it always seems to be some, uh, you know, someone being persecuted or discriminated against. So I think it, it speaks out to almost every generation. Um, you know, like the X-Men, they can draw a lot of parallels between, uh, like when they came out, uh, I think it was 1962, 63, the first issue of X-Men. Um, you know, it, it drew a lot of parallels between the civil war, civil rights movement and, uh, and now it's kind of, um, a lot of the L- I'm horrible with acronyms. The LGBT community. Did I do that right? Yeah. You forgot the Q. Okay. But go cool. On. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, LGBTQT. LGBTQ. <laughs> cool. Uh, it draws a lot of parallels with uh, that community um, on on the X Men now. So it uh, even today you figure it's what like almost. 20 or no like 40 50 years later and um it's still drawn like a lot of parallels with uh things that are still going on today 
Um, and like you were saying with the Magneto and Professor Xavier, like uh, a lot of times with Magneto, like the really good story arcs and everything kind of deal with him as not not a bad guy he just kind of mutants are his people and he doesn't want them to be persecuted and he does what he feels he has to do to make sure that his people are free and not enslaved and and you know not being uh like hate crimes committed against them and uh so a lot of the the really good x-men stories kind of focus on or kind of touch on magneto uh not exactly being this like evil villain that just wants to like take over the world but he basically wants to help it just kind of the way he goes about it is uh you know questionable at times yeah and that kind of person that kind of character is so hard to kind of analyze and kind of fight against because if they're acting in a bad way then you want to fight against them in a way where you can convince them to kind of change their their methods their arguments or their beliefs because fighting against Magneto with violence, it, it, that only ends in more violence. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's a tough thing about this whole kind of subject is if someone has a good rationale or a proper rationale for what they want to achieve, you know, Mag- Magneto representing, say, the X-Men and trying to protect his people, uh, how do we kind of get him to c- kind of behave ethically in a way where he's actually in accordance with his values? I think that would be a question. And that's a little bit of a hodgepodge right there, so take that however you want. Yeah, well, I would, uh, I would go after Magneto with hugs, because um, <laughs> you, you can't fight him with violence. I would just, uh, you know, kind of go up, give him a hug, make sure I'm not wearing any metal, um, and just kind of run up to him. Introducing yeah. the newest X-Men, Trico Man, with his power of hugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Magneto, yeah, he uh, he can't attack you. Like you can't be mad at someone when they're giving you a hug, right? I mean, like be like, oh, I'm angry, like, oh, but I'm I'm getting a hug, I'm mellowing out, you know. And then you get him to mellow out, and then you know. It works. I do it on my wife all the time. She'll be like all mad, and I'll just give her a hug, and then I don't have to sleep on the couch. So, Professor Xavier, if you're listening, hugs, and then you don't have to sleep on the couch in the X-Mansion. <laughs> that, that was a perfect metaphor. That needed no work at all. Seriously, I'm, I'm really digging the uh, Magneto and Pers- Professor Xavier as like an odd couple or like a... <laughs> oh my um, god, yes. You know? <laughs> they just kind of live together, you know. <laughs> Xavier's always mad. Magneto's always leaving the house a mess and stuff, and yeah, you know. leaving things in the way so he can't he can't use his uh, his wheelchair to get by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Marvel, if you're listening, you got your creative team right here. We'll brainstorm it. We'll have you a script in like two days. <laughs> Genius. Written by. Yep. Um, I think, uh, you know, you brought up the, uh, the LGBTQ community being, um, being a great parallel for now. Uh, I was thinking Muslims myself. You can take African Americans. Um, I mean, you can take any group, um, Japanese in America in the past, the Jews during World War II, uh, Native Americans, gypsies since the beginning of time. Um, and any of these groups is just so fascinating that even if you take a, uh, something from today um, and you say the X-Men applies to today we can have two people who have completely different ideas of, of who it applies to and the fact it, it's it's kind of sad in a way that the fact that it applies to so many people is 
is uh, is still applicable today, given where we where we are. Uh, Twenty sixteen, it's uh, it's kind of time for that to be over. But I guess uh, I guess time isn't uh, the, the. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's kind of kind of weird when you think about it, because you figure. You know, like the civil rights movement was 50 years ago, so everything should be cool now. Like everything should be equal, and there shouldn't really be a lot of racism left. But there seems to still be, and if it's not one group being like persecuted and um, looked down upon, it seems like it's another group. And I'm like, we we've had so much of this in history. Can't we all just kind of be equal? <laughs> like, you know, it uh, it it kind of boggles my mind. Like. Time over time, history has shown us that looking down on other groups is bad. You know, like you shouldn't do it. You know, everyone should just be equal and everything should be cool. And there's been times in history where it worked, and those times civilization prospered. But for some reason, we still keep on like, you know, being against certain groups for like pretty much no reason. You know, <laughs> and uh. It, it all always boggles my mind as a historian and as an avid comic book reader. So, <laughs> I mean, I think part of the thing about uh, you know, kind of cultural changes and heroes is that sometimes heroes can have you know huge changes on the culture or the environment around them, but then sometimes they don't do much of anything. So, I think there's a motif with Superman where he affects crime, and then there's always still more crime. It seems like he's having an effect on something, but there's always more villains, more things popping up. And then there's the other kind of example with Superman, where in that recent movie where he fights a villain and destroys the whole town and people start dying, all this kind of stuff. And there he's having an effect, but it's also negative as well. So as, as far as like heroes from history kind of like giving like sway to the kind of moral achievement... It's hard to say how much of an effect they have because it might be kind of an environment around them, the groundswell, and that takes a long time to change. And you know, this is kind of a, a bit, a bit of a long point, but uh, I think it's kind of interesting with how moral change happens over time, how it relates to say moral heroes, and how it relates to the culture as a whole. Because there's definitely people out there. Say, uh, I forget his name. It was. There's been many kind of people, especially writers in the past, who wrote very, very prolific things on slavery, for instance. And they had huge influence on the change of abolishing slavery. But then there's the whole kind of cultural kind of thing, which was kind of keeping it, you know, kind of the same. So I I think looking at heroes as a way of kind of changing culture in a fast kind of way to be pretty interesting. Martin Luther King, for instance, was a person who was definitely a hero who changed the culture very fast. Perhaps it's not changed as much since then but I, I think I think where we're always working against is the culture and I think the question you have to ask is is this person changing the culture number one and if they are how fast are they changing it I feel like one of the keys behind a, a hero isn't necessarily that they're they're causing the change themselves but that the change is already there it's already in the the hearts and minds of the people but they need a beacon they need something to help guide them and that the hero can be that beacon that guides them and and that they can all stand behind without something to stand behind it's just a bunch of people who all have the similar thoughts but aren't co- congregating but when you can stand behind something you have the ability to 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 take those powers 
that each individual has and put them together into something that can actually cause change at that point. So I'm making the argument that it's not the hero that's making the change. It's the people using the hero as a as a, a funnel, as a way to, to guide them all forward. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think... Uh uh, like like Batman in uh, in uh, Gotham, he's um, kind of like a, a symbol uh, more than anything. Even though he fights crime, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, Batman, if you're listening, you're doing a good job. You fight crime, but he's also <laughs> a uh, like a symbol for people um, that uh, you know they can kind of make a change in their own community and and everything. And like you know, Superman's kind of the same way. He kind of gives uh people like an american ideal to strive for and uh in a similar way so does um captain america uh and a lot of superheroes that's um almost like a kind of like an icon that people can kind of identify with and um kind of get behind to to kind of encourage them to, to make change connecting this back to nat turner would you be willing to say or agree you, you can disagree of course say that Nat Turner maybe is seen as a really good kind of hero in history because he stands as a symbol against slavery, against oppression, and that he actually is serving more than just his actions, but he's serving as a symbol himself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say so because uh, he was very, you know, is educated, um, and he wanted to basically just free his people, and he led a revolt and kind of showed, you know, others that, hey, uh, you don't have to take this. You can stand up for yourself and lead a revolt. And, um, you know, so I'd, I'd characterize him as a hero and, like, as a symbol for others to, um, you know, like others of the time period and everything to, to look up to. And even, even now, um, I would say he's a hero because of, uh, you know, what he did. Because when you, when you think about how many plantations there were and how many slaves there were, and you know, he kind of showed that, you know, there can be an uprising and to kind of take what was being dealt to them on the plantation. They could kind of, you know, steer the course of their own destiny. I definitely love the that point there that um, a, a good hero is a symbol. Um, and I think that, that what, you're, what you're getting at is, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, of course, is that a hero... Um, is motherfucker <laughs> I had this great point to make I had it all articulated a hero, a hero is a motherfucker well that too oh shit <laughs> that, that was the point I was trying to make is a, a hero is a bad motherfucker <laughs> They're a bad mother. Shut your mouth. <laughs> but I'm talking about heroes. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got it. Um, so I think the I think the point that you were trying to drive at there is that I. Oh my god. It just happened again. Oh god. All right, I'm done. I'm done. So <laughs> take take the reins. So I, I'm a little on the other side of this coin because I I can't say I stand with uh, with Nat Turner. At least as far as killing the baby and, you know, killing the wife. Because for me, that's... And I can, I can definitely excuse it from a historical perspective, especially since this was a... I'd say it's more of a war, because, you know, it, they were being enslaved, and they certainly had a right to fight back. And I, I don't 
doubt them or I don't I can't, I can't like have any condemnation for that but it's still like I don't know killing a baby it's, it's very hard for me to kind of take ethically even if they were a symbol for good even if they did do something that was good and all that kind of stuff it, it's hard for me to take in ethically I feel like the the idea is not necessarily all of the specific actions that were taken and how it even how things were gone about but more what is being stood for so it's less about the fact that he murdered people and it's more about the fact that he was standing up for the injustices uh, and the facts of how it happened become more and more irrelevant over time and what stands is the 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 fact that what he was doing was for a specific cause the cause remains but the the actual little little bits and pieces of information kind of fall by the wayside and become irrelevant and that's what makes them such a symbol mm-hmm. and i just uh I keep telling myself the babies were probably really ugly. Because, like, you don't feel bad if it's an ugly baby, you know? Well, they're also babies as well, so they're probably crying. It's like, oh, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That is, uh, that's officially the darkest we've ever been, guys. Um, I, to be fair, I said I had a big problem with killing the baby, so I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> Don't you go back on your baby murder now, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> how do you come back from that? Incest. Oh, good point. I don't know. The, on the bright side, no matter what you say now, you can still become president. No matter what what, what horrible things people quote you for, you can still become president. As so. long as you deny it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I never said that. That was locker room talk, killing babies. <laughs> 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 Sometimes you're in the locker room, you decide to talk about killing babies, yeah. Well, to be more accurate, this is bedroom talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought you said bedroom talk. Oh, I yeah, thought you were talking sweet. about, like, uh, like, nice. like, eating babies. Eating babies? Why, why would yeah. you eat a baby? Well, it's not a baby yet. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm talking about sucking dick. <laughs> Yeah, I know some girls that eat, like, millions of babies. <laughs> Try to know some baby-eating women. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my head. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, if there's anybody still listening, uh, we're talking about heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, do you think Superman has a big dick? Is everything about him super? Uh... It's hard to say. I mean, for a long time, he had a hard time getting Lois. And you figure if he was packing, it, like, wouldn't be that hard. Like, Wonder Woman Wonder Woman would be all up on his jock, and Lois would be like, fuck yeah, hand me that super dick. Time to kill some babies. <laughs> <laughs> so you probably get super erections? Yeah, well, hopefully, you know. Unless there's, like, kryptonite around. Um, and, like... <laughs> If he, uh, you know, has some premature problems, he could slip on, like, a kryptonite cock ring, and that kind of slows things down for him a little bit. <laughs> that is a I great can't. idea. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can imagine the fanfic See? now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you it already exists, and if it doesn't, it's, it doesn't. 
And he always says, you know, if uh, you know, if it has some performance problems or whatever, it could be like, oh, this must be Luther's doing. Damn him! There must be kryptonite around somewhere. I'm usually way, way better than this well, I've never had this frown before damn you Luther like Luther probably never does any shit wrong he's just getting blamed for stuff a lot <laughs> like, this never happens to me I swear so, so getting back on subject mm-hmm. so I think something I find interesting like I'm not super huge into comic books but I think I would definitely say from what I've seen comic books started out as very kind of uh, cut and dry here's a hero here's the villain and over time, it's gotten, like you're saying, more and more nuanced. Like, there's more anti-heroes. Like, even Superman in that recent movie. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? We, we don't know. Yeah. But history's kind of the opposite, where it starts out, it's kind of like, uh, you know, cut and, or it's very uh, ambiguous. Or maybe it's cut and dry if you're the winner or the loser or whatever. But as time goes on, it starts getting more and more cut and dry. So, Alexander the Great, probably a probably a bit more controversial back in the day now it's just kind of seen for the most part by western society as a as a hero yeah and it's, it's just kind of this opposite kind of dynamic there i think uh would you agree with that disagree yeah i would agree i think um you know it uh i don't know it's kind of kind of odd because in comics um over time it seems like uh you get more and more anti-heroes but then uh in history over time you get kind of more hero heroes or people that historically have might have not been a hero that um kind of seem more like a hero now are there any aspects of heroes that you really want to get across or talk about uh let's see as far as heroes um yeah i think it's uh important now as it is you know like throughout history to have a hero that um you know, you can kind of look up to, even though, you know, our heroes are still people. So, um, even though you might look up to them, you got to realize sometimes they're going to do stuff that you don't agree with or, um, or that, you know, aren't heroic, but, you know, mostly they're good because they're heroes. It seems like we all kind of agree that a a hero kind of, I'm saying that I'm just putting words in you guys' mouths, but it's fine. Um, I, I feel like, we all agree that you kind of have to a hero ha- has to kind of be larger than life it has to be an idea that you're standing behind not necessarily they become bigger than a human being um in the, in that fact that they they stand for a a guide for you to go f- or us to go forward on a particular path that is what we consider good and that's what makes them a hero is that they're the guide to the path of good things um, versus a villain who may be a, a guide towards good things but doing so in a very negative way um, or being a, an awful, awful thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, for a minute, I thought you were going to break into the hero song from the 80s. <laughs> he's got to be fast. He's got to be strong. He's got to be fresh for the fight. Oh, Mulan? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, wait, no, that's not that one. Never mind. Oh, yeah, or the one from Milan. That'd be good, too. <laughs> Swift as a coursing river. <laughs> Need a man. <laughs> uh, that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your jam. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm wording so much today. 
<laughs> well, we are we are recording by candlelight, so it you know <laughs> sets me in the mood. You make good point. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put on our sensual voices. Are most of the episodes by candlelight, or is this like a a special occasion? Because I'm this <laughs> is a special trico occasion. Sweet. So, and you guys don't normally wear pants, or? <laughs> that that really reminds me of uh, the heroes in uh, the fact that the heroes have to flaunt the fact that they're they're good, and they have to to really give off that sort of a vibe in order for other people to to follow them, to believe in them, and to actually get across their point. And uh, whether that's a, a real-life hero, a comic book hero, or a personal hero, I think that just kind of rings true throughout, that it's somebody who helps to guide you forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. What's my attempt to wrap up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no objections to that. I'm like, that is true. <laughs> well... The, the way the, the, where I stand, uh, I'm a little more iffy about it. Maybe a little more realistic. I mean, it's like I, I feel like I'm attracted to the idea of symbols, but I kind of reject it on a uh, I don't know, maybe a philosophical level, a re- realistic level. But uh, you know, that that's probably just part of my personality. You reject everything on a on an actual personal level. Yeah, I do. It, it's kind of sad. It's the saddest thing I've ever heard. So, you know, kind of wrapping this up, uh, do we have any heroes that we have in our own lives or, you know, that we look up to? You know, Steve, do you have anybody? Um, you know, every every morning I get up and, uh, you know, I, I, I get ready for work. And there's one point in the, the day where I really get to thinking about, you know, heroes and how I want to, how I want to, want to take my day the things i want to do the positivity i want to try and bring to the world and uh, and you know when i when i'm thinking that i i see my hero right there it's usually when i'm in looking in a mirror that that that's pretty great i'm my own hero yeah yeah yeah, that, I, I, that was my point, Nate. I, I, I could see that. Nate, see Nate that. <laughs> that was my point. I'm my own hero. I'm fucking great. Yep, yep. You know, I think we can all probably agree on that. Yeah, you're my hero, <laughs> and you're your own hero, so that's so awesome. You just warmed my that's, heart. That's pretty sweet, though. That's, like, totally Nietzsche of you. Like, I'm my own hero. I'm uh, I'm Ubermensch. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's totally how I meant it. Now, Trico, would Nietzsche be your hero? Nietzsche, um, I like a lot of his ideas, like, uh, you know, that you have to, um, because a lot of his ideas were kind of like, oh, you got to believe in yourself and basically kind of be your own hero. But his, I think it was his sister or sister-in-law kind of like changed around a lot of his ideas and handed them over to the Nazis. Like, oh yeah, freaking uh, Nietzsche said, um, yeah, fuck everyone else. So, like, but that wasn't really it. <laughs> like, he was just kind of like, you know, um, he was like, you need to have faith in yourself and take hold of the life you're given. And but they, the Nazis kind of got and screwed it all up, as Nazis do. Um, as they do. Uh, yeah, as, they, as Nazis will do, <laughs> screwing everything up. And um, 
But yeah, uh, I, I think you're right, though. Being a hero kind of starts with you and uh, or with oneself and um, kind of, it's going to sound cheesy, but like in the, towards the end of Deadpool, when Colossus was like, you know, everyone thinks you have to wake up, brush your teeth as a hero, eat breakfast as a hero, not necessarily in that order, and you're a hero all day, but sometimes it's like uh, being a hero is just in that moment making the right decision that's going to help other people. That's beautiful, Draco. You've just changed my life. Sweet. See? So glad I quoted Deadpool now. <laughs> the movie is so deep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can we edit that? And Yeah, I, that's a, just a straight-up quote for me, or from me. Uh, wake up as a hero, brush your teeth as a hero. I will take everything out except for that quote. It will sound amazing. <laughs> That'll be the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. And he'd be like, wow, Drake's really deep. <laughs> he's so deep when he's not drinking. Wow. <laughs> Check him out. He didn't <laughs> He didn't even do any indictments. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Nathan, Nathan, tell me about your heroes. So I maybe this is a little dumb, but I think my two heroes would be Two people, maybe not because they're the greatest people, but uh, number one would be Aristotle because he just did way, way, way so, like way too much as far as like philosophy and kind of creating things. He came up with logic. He classified all these species and this and that. And like for me, just what his mind accomplished and what he did was just so crazy that I kind of look up to that. And the second person, kind of in the same category, would be Newton. He invented calculus to figure out a physics problem, which is just, I had no words. That is pretty sweet. I want to change mine now. (laughs) I want to change mine to those two guys. Um, Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to keep mine. Um, Well, Trico, it has been absolutely outstanding to have you on the show so happy that you you were able to take the time um you are such a busy man you have so many projects going on at once so for you to come on our show truly truly appreciated added an absolutely outstanding element that we uh we haven't had before so thank you oh thank you i I appreciate it i i listen to the show all the time and i really dig it and uh i i've been wanting to come on the show so i'm like hell yeah we made it happen you know so um (laughs) I uh, anytime you guys ever want me on, man, I um, I'll actually make sure I have nothing going on that day, and you guys will have my full undivided, uh, you know, ability to be on the show and everything. That's outstanding. Truly appreciated. Um, my uh, my mom was actually slated to be on the show today, and I had to call her, and I'm like, no, mom, Trico's coming. Oh, sweet! <laughs> so, <laughs> you picked me over your mom. It's awesome. <laughs> I love you, mom. <laughs> To be fair, his his mom understood. She she did. She yeah. did. she's like, oh my god, are you got Trico. Sweet. Um, now is, is he the drunk guy with the indictments? <laughs> He's coming. Out? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he is. He's uh, he's the statue lover himself. Yeah, love me some statues. Um, now, uh, as I mentioned, you have you're you're such a busy man. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what you you've been working on recently. What's your? I know Shot of History is your podcast um, with with Steph and uh, and and the Color Man Big Dev. Um, absolutely great, 
great podcast. Uh, you guys, you guys tell things from history, um, while at the same time, you know, taking shots and, and just having a good time. It reminds me a lot of this show with alcohol and uh, and and a lot more facts and a lot less of of Nate and I just spouting our our baseless opinions. Um, but it, it's an outstanding show. Um, what else do you have that uh, that I, I haven't mentioned here today? Uh, let's see. I have um, a couple of projects uh, in the world of, of comic books that are coming out next year. Um, I have uh, the rockabilly slash punk slash uh, psychabilly band, The Creep Show. Um, they're a Canadian band. They've been around forever. Uh, I wrote a... I'm like a huge fan of that band, so I, I begged them to let me do a graphic novel based on them. And that comes out through Source Point this year. Uh, it's written by me, drawn by Josh Warner. Um, let's see, what else? Oh, I got a, a UFO mockumentary uh, full-length feature film that I wrote that um, it's, it's going to be low budget, so don't get your hopes up. Uh, but but uh, that should be coming out sometime this year. You know, low low budget does not mean does not mean anything negative. Let's let's be real here for a second because some of the greatest films of all time were low budget films that broke barriers. Um, Paranormal Activity, extremely low budget indie film, came out of nowhere and broke the broke the barrier on what horror was, and kind of created its own genre subgenre within horror. So to say that it's uh, to say don't get your hopes up, it's low budget. I think that is cutting yourself short, and uh, I, I think that I I know I personally am, am very excited about that. Sweet, I'm glad, and uh, yeah, hopefully it's a, a cult classic. I need the money; uh, those statues aren't cheap, so I, I need that statue money. Um, so uh, yeah, that coming out. Yeah, um, I got that coming out. Uh, Stephanie from Shot of History and I, we have a, a comic book coming out. Um, it's going to be through her comic book publishing company, uh, Scapegoat Press. Um, and her, Devin, and I are all writing a Shot of History book, uh, which will pretty much be like the show, only we'll just, you know, misspell a bunch of stuff instead of <laughs> pronouncing it wrong. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so uh, the book should be out beginning of next year. Uh, we have our first ever live event. We'll be at the Clash of Ages. Uh, Shot of History is going to be doing live shows from there, and we'll be doing panels and hosting like historical Jeopardy and all kinds of crazy stuff. We'll be giving away free stuff, uh, giving away shot glasses and all kinds of stuff over there. Uh, that's in Birch Run, Michigan, the 27th through 29th. So our book should be out by then, hopefully. And um, I think that's uh, all I have up and coming soon. Oh, oh, that that's it. And like that's yeah. that's all you're doing. Like that's, like, that's I don't know how you sleep. That's, that's all I can remember. I mean, you do all that and your trico man <laughs> and trico man. Yeah. How did you know? You just outed him on the oh, show. Oh shit. Fuck, man. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Damn it. Don't worry, I can edit it out. <laughs> um, okay, so so people want to find you on social media, Trico. Where are they going? Oh, um, yeah, just go to, uh, like, the like seedy underbelly of the internet, and I'll be on there. Like, looking up statues and whatnot. Statuelovers.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Statuelovers.com. I, uh, I'm not only a member, I'm also the president. Ooh, uh, the only member. But yeah, you can... 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty much just me. Just <laughs> you and Gary Busey. Um, yeah, a lot of sculptors go on there thinking it's something else, and then they see my videos, and they're like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> you fine, our uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> can find the latest episodes of Shot of History on shotofhistory.com or go on to uh, Podcast Detroit's one of our networks or go on to Facebook or Sound uh, SoundCloud or Stitcher or um, iTunes. iTunes is always good. So and, pretty much um, anywhere where leave you can a listen comment to a podcast. They can listen to you. They can look yeah, out yeah. shot of history. <laughs> yeah, I probably should have just phrased it that way. <laughs> no, I, I love more it. more impressive listing it all. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, trust me, I love it. Um, now, every, everybody who's listening to this, you, you, got your, you got your listening eyes on right now. Just go check them out. It's, uh, it's a great show. Uh, like comment let them know that you heard about them through us and uh again it's been uh it's been a pleasure having you on trico um links are in the description for for anybody who wants to wants to check it out which is everybody who's listening to this oh sweet yeah um yeah i uh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's been so great having you (laughs) thank you nathan yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're getting choked yeah, up here, Trico and I. We don't want to have to say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm like, it can't be over already. I, I miss you guys. You know, I'm going to wake um, up in the middle of the night, and I'm going to think about you, and I'm going to text you. And you know what that text is going to say, Trico? I'm beaten off. <laughs> it's going to say, beaten off. We need to talk. <laughs> Oh, sweet winky icon. Awesome. <laughs>